Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean of the Philadelphia Inquirer, Philadelphia Daily News, Daily.com, here along with Zach Berman and special guest Paul Domowich, also of all three outlets. Guys, uh, it's Tuesday. Eagles uh, have moved past the third game, and they're looking ahead to week number four against the Titans. But um, a few uh, topics I guess we should talk about, just in terms of maybe like personnel and what the team will look like moving forward. And and one player who really stood out, I thought, on Sunday was Dallas Goddard. Zach, what, you know, I guess actually we'll start with Damo as the guest. Damo, what do you think about Goddard in terms of how the Eagles can use him these next few weeks and maybe, you know, obviously the rest of the year? I think we're going to see a lot of 12 and 13 personnel going forward. I mean, Goddard had a really good game, not just catching the ball, but he blocked really well. And uh, Mike Groh today even mentioned, uh, you know, using him going forward as an inline tight end. Uh, you know, given that, I mean, when they get Alshon back, they, you still got just Alshon and Nelson Aguilar on the uh, outside. I, you know, Jordan Matthews is nice to have around, but, uh, you know, I mean, I think they're probably best suited to play 12 personnel going forward. I, I think there's a lot of times when the coaches clearly know more than us, and, and we're just kind of speculating, saying things. But this is an example where I think we, the media, and even fans – we're right all along. It was like, play Dallas Goddard more. It was clear during the preseason this guy can play. And then in the first two games, he's only on the field 23% of the snaps when they had DeAndre Carter, they had Joshua Perkins. They play him more, and look, good things happen. Uh, so I I agree with you, Domo. I think they're going to play a lot more 12. I'm curious if they're in 13 when, and, and, and to our listeners, 13 personnel is when you have one running back, three tight ends. I'm curious if, if they're in 13 personnel when Alshon's back because you want to have Alshon and Nelson on on the field, uh, but I think that they need to kind of get away from what they were doing last year. I think they were kind of married to playing the 11 so much because yeah. of last year. And look at your personnel this year, and your personnel this year, Dallas Goddard's clearly a strength. I think what happens with, with coaches sometimes is they they can't see the forest from the trees because they look they know infinitely more than we do. They have so much more exactly. disposable, and. At, and they focus a lot more on the matchups rather than what they have in terms of personnel. And I think this was an example of it. And that's why, like, maybe the simplistic look at it, is, at it was just, like, just play your best players. Exactly, yeah. Why is DeAndre Carter getting 50-something snaps? And I think Goddard, look, they drafted him for a reason. They moved up in the second round for a reason. He played well in the preseason yeah. for a reason. He, he's good. Um, and I think just, you know, what you can see, what you can do with both of those guys, especially now that he can block, is you can, you know, double-barrel tight ends on one side – have them in a three-point stance. If you're running successfully, teams are thinking you're going to run out of that. Well, you know, guess what? These guys can also go vertical. There's a, The longest pass play of the game was uh, 28 yards to Zach Ertz because these guys went vertical. Goddard ran a corner, Ertz ran a post, and Carson had maybe his best throw of the game because, you know, teams thought that they were going to run out of that play. Um, yeah, go ahead, Dom. You were going to say something? Well, if you look at their numbers, two out of 12, uh, they, they pretty much evenly split the run in the pass. I mean, they're not – you know, usually when teams go too tight in, it's a power formation. They're looking to run. I mean, the benefit to them of the guys they have is that, you know, a defense doesn't know what they're doing when they look at their 12. Uh, so, you know, a defense generally keeps a base their base defense against that. And, you know, that's just what they want. I mean, that's what the Eagles want. They want a, a linebacker or a safety on, on Ertz or Goddard because, I mean, those are those are uh, matchups they can exploit. And, yeah. and to both your points, I, I think there's a misconception sometimes that when you're in two tight end sets, both tight ends need to be in line. And that's and that's not the case. Yeah. I mean, 
what when you have Dallas Goddard, and I think the Eagles view him more as an inline tight end right now, it gives you different possibilities with Zach Ertz. Just think about the Super Bowl last year, the game winning touchdown, Zach Ertz split wide. Mm. He, he he had one on one against the safety, and because the safety had had to travel with him, there was no help over top, and that's how Ertz caught that touchdown. Uh, so they can do that. They can use Ertz in different ways. You know, the the two tight end set, the twelve personnel, that's only the personnel grouping. It's not the formation. You can still use your formations with those players on the field. Zach mentioned that to me. I got him briefly in the locker room today, and like you would think. You know, some people may want to build it up as if, you know, oh, he's got competition at tight end. No, actually, this is good for exactly. Zach. He exactly. Actually, he's okay with Dallas Goddard being here because it frees him up to be a little more of a wide receiver, which is kind of a, more, a little more of his skill set, I think, than being like kind of a blocking tight end and even an inline tight end because you can, as you mentioned, he can split wide. He can run great right, uh, routes out of the slot. Now, the other issue, the reason why they're going to have to use a lot of 12 is because right now they just don't have anybody who can stretch the field. They have not completed any passes beyond 40 yards yet, mm-hmm. I believe. And they did take one shot on Sunday with Nelson Aguilar slot. slot uh, he lined up in the slot and uh, Carson tried him. It was tough against that Colts defense. Yeah. They played a lot of too deep. It was going to be tough to, to throw deep against these, those guys. But in the first three games, they haven't at all. And obviously, primarily because they don't have the receivers right now that could do that. So even when outside... No, I, I think Nelson can do it, but it's just... How you use him in the offense? Right, Nelson can do it, but can he do it from the outside? That's a, that's a different. And, and he played. You know, he didn't play a, a you know a heck of a lot. We can curse. I'd about to say shitload. <laughs> can we curse? I would need to ask our bosses. Yeah. On that one. Okay. <laughs> well, he, he didn't play a shitload of uh, of uh, snaps on the outside. I think it was he of routes run. I think thirty one of forty four came in the slot. So he primarily is still going to be a yeah. slot guy. But even when Alshon comes back, they don't have a guy that can blow the lid off the top. And they're just going to have to be a different offense than they were last year. I mean, Torrey Smith, okay, you know, he dropped the ball one too many times last year, but defenses still had to count for him. What are you going to do? I mean, what do you what do you think this offense is going to look like even when Alshon comes back? Well, I, I think Alshon makes everyone else better because Nelson can kind of slot into place. Uh, from week one last year, from that Washington game, Nelson was a big play receiver. Uh, it, it's just you're playing against a different corner and you're operating with a little more space then, then when you're on the on the outside and you have the sideline, so Alshon there. coming back, you think will free it up for the other receiver on the outside, possibly. Possibly. Now, it really depends. Are you playing Nelson in the role that he played last year, or are you playing him in that Torrey Smith, Mike Wallace role? I think you need to keep Nelson in that role he was in last year when you're in three receiver sets. So when so when when Dallas Goddard's not on the field, and then try to find different things. And 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 you mentioned before you can stack the tight ends on the same side and still play Nelson in the slot. So really, it it, it depends where you have Nelson. But I think Nelson Aguilar can be that big play threat. I think though, when you lost Mike Wallace, that's a dimension that you lost. Torrey Smith, he was a threat every time he was on the field to go deep. Mike Wallace was on a threat was a threat every time on the field to go deep. They don't have. That wide receiver on that right spot. Shelton in Gibson, right? Shelton Gibson hasn't been getting it done. Yeah. I mean, no, what, why do you think? What do you think's holding him back? I have no idea. I, I, they they seem really high on him uh, coming out of training camp. Uh, sometimes it's they seem to sour on guys that we don't understand why. I mean, the only thing I saw from Gibson, he made a mistake on a kick return, uh, brought one out that he shouldn't have. But I mean, and they took that job yeah. away from him very quickly. So I. You know, I don't know if he 
you know, my, my sense is with him that, that maybe when he gets criticism or lo- loses snaps, it affects him mentally, and they don't like that. Uh, but, you know, I'm I'm surprised that he's not. Yeah, I wonder if, I, I, you know, again, like I've never been a huge Gibson guy. I admit he's gotten better in, in his second season, uh, certainly in training camp and in the preseason. You saw that, but he's not a burner. I mean, what do you run? He only got around like a four or five. Well, he, yeah. yeah he, I, remember he was famous, he, he he famously said, injured, said yeah. he's like, you know, he's like, I'm faster in pads or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what it was. I don't yeah. think that's possible. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, and then he's just never been very secure catching the ball. And even after, you know, he has been better. Not as many drops, but it's still not a clean thing. And I think a lot of times he's just got a lot going on in his head and it slows him down as a player. So I think that's part of the reason why you haven't seen Shelton Gibson out there. And then you're, I guess you're going to have to see a little more of Kamar Aiken. Now, he had 45 snaps on Sunday and had as many targets as the three of us combined. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could put a, a, one of those, you know, orange cones, roadside cones out there, and at least you're going to get yeah. – someone's going to have to cover them. So that's what's going to happen a lot, I think, with Aiken. Well, I think one guy that's going to really help their passing game with him coming back is Sproles. Not just from the fact that they can – you know, that Carson Wentz now has a receiver out of the backfield that, that, that can, you know, be dangerous in space, but – he also is their best pass-protecting running back. Yeah. I mean, none of the other guys – I mean, when they're back there, even Corey Clement, you're concerned about uh, decision-making as far as seeing a guy on yeah. a blitz. You saw a couple last week with all the looping they were that uh, that uh, Indianapolis was doing. There were guys breaking free that a run, the running back probably should have picked up. So uh, I think getting Sproles back is going to help that passing game too. And that's a good transition into the running back uh, topic – I want to talk about. I mean, Doug on Monday hinted, hinted that Sproles and JJ are going to be back. I don't know if that's going to be the case. We have to see how they do here over the next few days. But, you know, the running backs did a very good job in this game. Um, I think all told 142 yards out of the, the trifecta of Wendell Smallwood, Corey Clement, and Josh Adams. Who it was their best running so. performance of the season. Right, their best yeah. running performance of the season. But when Ajayi comes back, he'll, he'll return to being the lead guy. Um I guess just a good, just a good thing that you were able to kind of see what these other guys can do. Wendell Smallwood ran hard. There were like two runs I thought that were just turning his legs, getting yeah. extra yards after contact. Um, but what's Ajayi going to bring you when if he does play on Sunday? He's he's the lead running back now. I I, I don't want to say he's the featured running back. No, because it really seems like Doug and Deuce Staley are committed to. To, to to really spreading this out. I don't want to say a committee because it's not equal, but you are going to see all those all those running backs take snaps. But Jay Jai is a hard runner. All right? He's a reliable runner. He gets yards after the tackle. Uh, or, the or, or I should say yards after years. the contact. Yeah. yeah, so so that's what you want to see, and, and I think that's what they're going to get. Uh, and I also think you could use Corey Clement different ways, catching the ball out of the backfield, a spot run here and there. Wendell Smallwood did better than I expected, uh, and he looked more like the Smallwood the Eagles thought he was going to be going in to that 2017 season, but he's still the fourth running back when the other guys are healthy. Yeah, I thought I what, what helped all those guys last week was, I mean, the, the offensive line, that might have been their best run-blocking job of the season. I mean, they, they struggled at times in pass protection, but, I mean, they just dominated that defensive line when it came to, to run, runs. I mean, you looked at some of Josh Adams' runs, some of when Smallwood's one deficiency is he doesn't have great vision. No. Uh, but, I mean, the holes were so big at times for all of those guys that, uh, you know, they were able to pick up yeah. some nice yardage. Well, let's, uh, let's go look at the defense now. Um, one of the guys who's been getting a lot of uh, social media attention is 
Jalen Mills. And we asked Jim Swartz about it. And, you know, you go right to the horse's mouth. And he says that Jalen, he thought Jalen really bounced back from the Bucks game. I think he admitted that, that Jalen had some issues in that game. With technique. Especially with technique. Yep. And we saw Jalen up at the line more in this game. Now, he was called for two pass interference penalties. There were, you know, there were, I wouldn't say they were ticky-tack ones. But, legit calls. But they were legit calls. They weren't egregious uh, mistakes, I think, on, on his part. But otherwise, Jalen Mills had a, had a good game. Oh, Donald, what, what's your take on Mills moving forward? Is this a guy that, that I think I think that he'll he'll stick with him no matter what? Because I think yeah. he's, he's not bad. I really like him. I, I, I like his mentality. I mean, I know he's not the the greatest shutdown cover guy. He gets beat, but he he's able to just wash it out of his mind. Yeah. Uh, I like the fact that he's he's probably the best tackling corner they've got. Uh, and, and what and what Schwartz is doing with him and what they did with after the Tampa Bay game, you know, they're not letting people get behind them like they did last year. Same philosophy. Don't, don't get behind us. We'll come up, limit the yards after the catch and tackle them. And they, I don't, I didn't, I can't recall a missed tackle by their secondary last week. I mean, they were just very sure in their tackling. Uh, you know, I, you're You're going to get a couple pass interferences or a defensive hold with Mills probably every game. But the toughness he brings, the mentality he brings, I really like. Especially if the pass rush can get there. Now, this is a tough game to get a pass rush because the ball is coming out so quick of Andrew Luck's weak arm. Um, <laughs> That's what he talked about last time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, Zach, what do you think? I mean, some people have suggested Sidney Jones get a look out there. I mean, I I think long-term Sidney Jones is going to be your top quarterback. I don't know if that's the way they go. I think Sidney Jones has been playing well with the slot. He's taking a lot of snaps. Uh, what I'm curious to see is if the Eagles, and I, I think I know the answer to this, is Jim Schwartz likes to stick to a left quarterback and a, and a a right quarterback. And I think sometimes, though, you match up better against a particular wide receiver. The week before, for instance, I think maybe Darby would have been a, a better matchup against Deshaun, and Jalen Mills might have been a better matchup against Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know that for a fact, uh, but I just wonder if – that could be in the cards for them. It's it sounds like he's done it from before. What, yeah, he's he's done it last before. Year Odell and Jim Schwartz said last week. Uh, he he said he considered moving Darby around when Mills came off the field a bit last week. Uh, so it's not something he's against, but he does seem committed to playing them on the left and the right side. Now the Eagles are going to be possibly short of safety. Uh, Ronnie McLeod has a knee issue. He he went through the walkthrough on Tuesday. Yeah, he, he was. He, we we saw him come out of the walkthrough. So what? I don't know what his level of participation was. Well, but he I think wasn't he was in walking, there. So he walked. Yeah, yeah. He walked so, out of the walkthrough. Yeah. So I'm pretty well, sure so, he participated. So in the yeah. So yeah. And after the game, he, he he sounded like his knee was fine. Yeah. So and he didn't do his typical his uh his weekly radio appearance on WIP on Monday. Okay. So uh, maybe that the team told him, Hey, don't, we don't be talking about the injury, whether you're going to be back or not. So, I mean, it looked like a bad, a bad collision. My guess is like a deep bone bruise. Maybe that keeps you out for yeah. one week. Um, I don't spend too much time on this, but if he's out, you know, Corey Graham obviously steps in there and then you have DeAndre Hall. Do you, do you even consider bringing Trey Sullivan off the practice squad? I mean, this week you're going up against a team that doesn't, you know, I mean, I from everything I've understood, Mariota's elbow still isn't very good. Uh, Gabbert's coming off concussion. They don't, you know, they have a really, really tenuous quarterback situation. They're going to run the ball a lot. So I mean, I you know, you're going to miss McLeod from the standpoint of, of run stopping, but I don't. 
you know, Corey Graham is, is fine there. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think they'll be just fine. I don't think you have to make a roster move here. Uh, you know, uh, you know, their corners are, are good in run support. You know, their linebackers uh, have played, you know, Brad, Bradham. I don't, I don't think you need to do anything no. drastic. Okay. I, I, I think it messes with your three safety package because I, I don't know if you put DeAndre Hall in that. Uh, but I, I think they're fine in, in the nickel. And Nadja Bradham, whose snaps were down a bit last week, uh, he's a guy who, who can play every snap. So I wouldn't be worried about it. Um, I, I think McLeod's a good player. Uh, I'm more of a McLeod guy than, 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 than most people are, but I agree with what Damo said. When you look at, at the Titans, Mariota's had a hard time recently gripping the ball. Maybe he'll, he'll be a little better this week in, in terms of his health, but I think you're going to see a lot of Derrick Henry I think you're going to see a lot of Deion Lewis out of the backfield. I don't know if you'll see uh, them challenging downfield as much. Did we talk about Barnett much on Monday? A little bit, right? A little bit. Not as much as, as, as we can because Barnett's really emerging. I mean, we saw the snap counts. He he played the most of the defensive heads. He played more than Brandon grabbed it. Yeah, now, it was all pretty even, though. I mean, there was not much difference between all four of those guys who were rushing. I mean, Brandon Graham yeah. was there, and Chris. Yeah, they were all within, you know, three and Michael, five snacks. Yeah, and yeah. Bennett was as well. But I guess Barnett, I think, has more snacks than all four of them combined. Uh, the other three guys combined. So, I mean, you know, Derek had, I think, some struggles in the first two games, just penalties, and he wasn't really getting home. I think Jim Sports pointed out that you can't judge a defensive end by the number of sacks he gets, and sometimes they come in bunches, but. Um, I don't recall him getting much pressure in those first two games. Uh, I think he only had like three pressures. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm not all of a sudden declaring this guy a perennial Pro Bowl Pro Bowler. I, I think I think he's better, and I think he's a good – I think he's going to be good. And I think one of the things that you do like about him is that it's not just all about the pass rush for him. He can make runs against – stops against the run as well. Um, do you keep him out there on the right side versus the left tackle? I do. Um, I, I think he's – Emerging every week, you're seeing that development. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Schwartz said that, you know, just like you said, the, the fact that he plays the run well, uh, he gets after the quarterback. We've said time and time again, he makes plays when he's on the field, whether fumble, recoveries, forced fumbles, had that 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 sack at the, at the end of the game. He's only 22 years old. Uh, sky's the limit for him. I, I, I think Derek Barnett's going to be one of the front-line players for the Eagles. And I think going home to Nashville this week, he's, he's – uh, yeah, he's going to be a good story. Home. Okay, last yeah. topic. Uh, not a big concern, but Fletcher Cox is playing more snaps, or at least a high percentage of snaps, as Jim pointed out today. They're not really playing a lot of snaps, so maybe the number is being overstated a little bit. But that being said, you're not really getting much out of Haloti Nada and Destiny Bayou, and you don't know when Tim Jernigan is going to come back. Are you concerned at all, Damo, about uh, Fletcher getting the number of snaps he's getting this early? In yeah, I mean, I don't think you can keep him – he can keep playing 87% of the snaps. Uh, I realize the weather is getting a little better than those first two weeks. But, you know, I thought Hector, they kind of indicated that maybe they'd start moving him in and give him some snaps. That that really hasn't happened. I think happened. he had three in this game. Yeah, which is less than he had the game before. So uh, Why can't Fletcher play that, though? Huh? Why can't Fletcher play that high percentage? I mean, he's in the best shape of his life, so yeah. he probably can. I just... I, you know, I mean, you're talking about Jim Schwartz, whose his whole philosophy is yeah. based on keeping people fresh. He's doing this out of necessity yeah. uh, because he knows, you know, like you had said, I mean, the, uh, Haloti's 34 years old and can't right. give you much. Uh, so, and, and destiny is destiny. Uh, right. So, well, but you can't last year. The whole 
one of the storylines was like, oh, well, we kept kept him fresh early in the season, so he'd be yeah. so he'd be you know fresh later in the season. So if you, you can't have that, and all of a sudden this season say, oh, we'll play him a lot this year and early in the season, and you know he's going to be just as fresh. Yeah, well, right. Wasn't that a storyline? Yeah, that, that, I mean that's what they that said. Was a talking point last year. Well, what they said in the playoffs when the snap count was really high, that yeah. Falcons game that they kept him fresh early. I'm of the opinion that he can handle it. That yeah. he's he's a Probably he's a rare 27 player. 27-year-old. Yeah, fan. prime of his career. Wants to be the defense player of the year. I don't think he wants to come off the field. I, I think let him dictate it. When he needs a breather, yeah. he'll, he'll raise his hand. But otherwise, let him be out there. I agree with that. I mean, you saw in some of these games, fourth quarter, he was just as good, maybe even exactly. better than he was early. I'm looking at the big picture and saying, you know, what they're paying him. You you don't want him you know wearing down and getting you know getting injuries uh, later in the season, uh, you know. So I mean, you want to max you want to play him as much as you feel you can without without going over the over the line. But he's the top player on defense, and he yeah. takes basically up. Basically, he's the guy that they circle before every game, right? Mm-hmm. And he's the guy that you're probably they're wasting almost two defenders on <laughs> every play. And he still makes plays. And he still yeah. makes plays. Yeah. So. Uh, he is certainly playing. I, you know, I think we knew it was possible that he could hit another gear, but he clearly is hitting another gear this season. And as you mentioned, maybe making a run possibly for defensive player of the year. We'll need more sacks for that. But he's he's, he's got three he's through got three, three games. Yeah, he's on track for he's on track for my math says sixteen. <laughs> yes, I can do that kind of math. There you go. All right, that's it for the Birds Eye View podcast. That's Paul Tomowich. That's uh, Zach Berman. I'm Jeff McLean, and we'll talk to you later this week.